0: I'm reminded of an old human machine interaction design, an old uh, acronym, HABA MABA. Have you ever heard that one? So, about 20 plus years ago, the principle was human are best at, that's a HABA, and machines are best at. This notion that if we can partition the world into two categories, things that machines are good at, and since that humans are good at, we can therefore design that world and everybody will be happy. Obviously it didn't happen because, and this is my question to you, is there something else when we design a cognitive assistant today, an intelligent cognitive assistant, very much along the lines of what Avery just described, that it's not just enough to have a human expert in that and a machine expert in that, we also have to engineer I'm going to say the word, the team of the human and the assistant together. There is something that needs to be engineered in order for the system to work better. Silva, what do you
1: think? I'm glad you're bringing this up. And I'm having flashback to grad school about Haba Maba and how this I'm sorry Dicotomy about uh, he's... causing you that kind of pain. Yes, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But it, it, to me, it's a very basic dichotomy of task allocation, which you know served its purpose many, many years ago. But it's honestly very outdated, both in with respect to what we know now, and but also what is available in human automation collaboration and technologies such as AI, events, interfaces, and things like that. And Unfortunately, I have to say that this pops up more than one would think in the research in what people currently do nowadays. And that's really to my dismay because I think this should be just abandoned and and we need to move forward following the very simple principle, which is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We use that in everyday life for many things. It applies here just as well. And from my perspective, moving beyond Hamababa is looking at transitioning from task allocation to role and potentially responsibilities allocation, so a higher level of abstraction in terms of the work being performed. What we are working on and what the field in general is moving towards is this dynamic meshing of who does what when based on the context and the needs that the human has. And when I say who here... It can be one human, multiple humans, it can be one agent, multiple agents, and by agent that can be algorithms, automated things, you know, automated components in a larger system, it can be robots, things like that. And to me it's important to think more in terms of the roles and the responsibility which have ties to the outcomes, the products of what we want, and then figure out what the technology and right allocation of which parts of a task are done by which member of the team deals automatically a lot better performance and better system design in general, you know, thinking about the acceptability down the road. And as you said, Val, the explainability, that type of granularity in how things are allocated enables the better explainability and transparency in the system.
0: That's good, Dylan. Thank you. I think probably in the mind of many members of our audience, those of us old enough to remember that. People are thinking as you're talking about trust and you're talking about reliability and they remember that little cartoon character in Microsoft that was on your screen that looked like a paperclip. And that was perhaps an early naive attempt of what an intelligent assistant in terms of organizing your actions on the screen was supposed to do. And I'm thinking about the key word that you pronounce, Valerie, the, the notion of trust. That Clippy was trying to infer from your actions what you needed and was wrong at least 50% of the time, which prompted most people, because it says if Daniel wanted that and Daniel moved that window, etc., that means that he intends to do that. Those connections were not always right. In fact, they were wrong most of the time, and that became very unknowing. It's like that over-eager assistant that wants to help, but cannot help you at all. And people rejected it as a whole. I'm sure it had some good feature, But it seems to me that that notion of an assistant that is there, that is designed to help you, but actually goes the other way, Destroy the level of trust people have in the, in that clippy and probably others for years to come. How do we build that trust? How do we build the trust into those systems they need to reach a certain level of reliability that perhaps is beyond the reach of current technology or not? So we want to tackle that notion of building trust between on for technology,
2: so I'd just like to make a comment about the problem of the clippy, right? And giving, you know, basically false alerts. And from an operator perspective, if you receive too many of those alerts, they do become, you know, annoying at Chicken Little or the boy who cried wolf. But the real danger here is then you get desensitization. And so, you know, instead of heeding the warning and getting out and doing your checklist, if the adversary is scrambling their aircraft, maybe you do nothing because you're like, oh, that's happened, you know, 50 times and it's never been accurate. My assistant is wrong here. So that's one issue. Another issue is that the alert can become a crush. And so it can decrease this idea of critical thinking where you don't look beyond the obvious. And that was, you know, like if you think of in some part Pearl Harbor or 9-11, we had some of that Going on, and so the cognitive assistant—it's—it's super important that you do build that trust. And I think, like, ideally for me, if I was going to have a cognitive assistant, I would want to be able to test it. And ideally, the assistant would co-evolve with me, and so I would want to be able to test it as we evolve. So you don't want to have to go back through your whole the testing cycle, and has to be something where I'm able to generate the task myself and execute it on the cognitive assistant to see how they perform. That would be my ideal world.
0: Thank you, Valerie. Sylvain, you want to chime in on that? And especially, let me add a level of complexity to my own question based upon what Valerie just said. That notion of co-evolution, that notion of a cognitive assistant that continues to learn after The designers have been done with it for perhaps months or years by observing what you do, inferring, making conclusions, making inferences, and acting accordingly. It means that you have in front of you a piece of technology that will behave tomorrow differently than the way it behaved yesterday because it learned something in the past 48 hours about you and your habits. How do you trust such a thing? How do you build that trust. Valerie suggests the ability to continuously test and continually understand really the direction of that co-evolution. Any other ideas along those lines before we take a break?
1: I agree with the suggestion, Valerie, maybe. The testing, which to me is just like training or co-training that humans would do with a, a team of humans, right? You are in certain situations, you rehearse things, you work scenarios, you explore, you see how your teammates react you kind of course correct as needed. So that type of principle, I agree, is probably the easiest for the human to understand, but probably too for the AI and the system design side to account for. And creating those opportunities is certainly a great method from an engineering perspective to build trust and enabling the trust to grow and the relationship to grow and get better over time. I will say that, Trust, transparency, explainability, though, in the in the last couple of years have really become buzzwords. So I very much like the way Val, you've been decomposing. What exactly does that mean in terms of the engineering aspects that we need to focus on? And add a couple to that, going back to one word that was mentioned earlier, which was the fit. The fit, I would say, in the conversation. So the back and forth and back and forth between the two, the intent fit and the role fit between the users and the cognitive assistants. Though I think I uh, have some kinds of dimensions or constraints or assumptions that really need to be thought about to enable that trust and that good working together to happen. And in some way, it reminds me of the origin of all of this, which is Licklider's symbiosis between humans and machines. And I think this is about decomposing the engineering dimensions that enable that type of symbiosis. To address your question about methods to co-learn and co-evolve, apart from training, I would say it's about providing the points of leverage within the system itself so that every operational use creates some form of learning for the human and the system. You mentioned earlier, you know, tools versus teammates. To me, this is where it, it's going beyond that debate of tool versus teammate. There needs to be key learning happening at every type of interaction that is happening. And when you design the system, you have to put that in there. So if I return to the the maintenance example, when the novice maintainer is using the system, the cognitive assistant, as they are repairing, let's say, a landing gear, there needs to be learning on the human side. The human should learn something that they can reuse somewhere else at another time in the future with or without the cognitive assistant. But in reverse, the cognitive assistant should also understand what the human is doing and why they're doing it, because it might modify the way the AI is actually modeling the environment, the task, the system over which the human interacts. The human might be very creative and find another way to replace that little valve number three over there, which is not in the original guidance that the cognitive assistant may have learned from or may not have been something any of the previous human experts have demonstrated. So the cognitive assistant would have never seen that before. And that new person who has this new way of doing things is injecting new data that can be helpful to the AI model to increase performance over time. So all of that needs to be designed for and engineered when the system you know, gets created. So, so that evolution benefits from operational use as well.
0: Thank you, Sylvain and Valérie, for this explanation. This is complex. It seems like until we get... A cognitive, an intelligent cognitive assistant that can collaborate with a human operator in a way, the manner by which, say, a true human intelligent assistant will collaborate with a user, we have to pay special attention in order to build trust with these learning moments, these co evolution moments, because without them, we might throw the baby with bathwater in a sense that until we reach a certain level of smoothness, for lack of a better term, In that collaboration, we have to pay particular attention as designers to injecting opportunities for collaboration in the design of the system.